Right. Shall we embark the good ship World 1 Stage 1 upon the Tetris Seas? So there's a leak. Yes. You're feeding information to Dr. Robotnik. Uh, <laughs> can, wait, are we looking for bumper material? Because... His name is Dr. Eggman. Fucking you and Eggman. <laughs> I hate you. Also, no, we're, no, a family, no. we're a family-friendly show. Are I, we? I don't say fuck. <laughs> when, when did we become a family-friendly show? We That's we news to we me. We do need to preface it with the same TBZ approach thing. Just remember, this is, remember, kids, this is a, a warning straight away. So if you're the kind of child that hasn't heard the word fuck before, well, you have now. Let's go on with the show. Not really a great warning, though, is it? Well, I, I, I want to preface the show with the fact that we... <laughs> Tetris. I am dubious that there is anything to say about Tetris. We shall find out. Spoiler, Inigo Montoya is the origami killer. No, President <laughs> Eden's the origami killer. <laughs> and this is the thing. I think if we run out of flow about Tetris, we can talk about heavy rain. <laughs> Which isn't technically a retro video game. But it is a classic. And now I'm just imagining the, the, that whole sentence is merging into my head to come up with the word heavy flow. <laughs> oh, this show brought to you by the Apple iPad. Oh. And, and I think we definitely have a bumper now. <laughs> Wait, no. No, no, because that's not, that's like totally not even our theme tune or nothing. Oh, unbelievable. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to World One Stage One. <coughs> I'm Simon, and coughing in the corner is the plague bearer, also known as Jack. I'm fine. I'm totally fine. <laughs> Delighting in his illness is Troy. So how are we, Jack? Well, I got rather roarishly drunk yesterday, whilst suffering from a very heavy cold. So to, and then I slept on the sofa. Uh, why, why did you do that? Because, you have a perfectly good bed. But the snoring was keeping people up. So I oh, left. I see. People I you care uh, about. Pe- people were being yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I kept rolling up. Drink. I kept rolling up with with. Uh, with oh, the I thought Harvey. No. Uh, so I went to to sleep on the sofa. So I'm not very, 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 very well today. No, you're not. But hopefully, it won't show. Nice. To, to, to our listeners, Jack basically looks like a cartoon representation of death from Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Fuck you. With more hair. Oh yeah, but that's about it. Well, some hair. <laughs> like an Irish comedian, he has <laughs> some hair. How much? Oh, you yeah, can never some. be entirely sure, but at any given moment he will have some hair. That's a joke that you'll have to wait until you hear certain outtakes to get. Oh, wait, were we recording that outtake? Oh, yeah. Oh, mother of God. No, wait, that's in the show, isn't it? Did some hair make it to the show? I think some hair was during the show. Ah. We've got to release that show now. Hey, listeners, <laughs> get on the forum. Tell Simon you want to hear the show. It's from the show. Is that what you're telling me about the some hair line? It's from the show. It is from <laughs> the show. <laughs> A little hint to our listeners as to what that show might be. Yes, all the YouTube poop fans out there, I'd like saying poop. Say it again. Poop. And again. <laughs> well, you know you want to. You know you want to. <laughs> Poop. And finally, third time's the charm. Poop. And you were worried we wouldn't have enough talk about today. Ah, I've got a delay on my headphones. Oh, that's oh. tragic. So I'm well, sounding drunk. You're sounding like you're sounding like Scott Steiner. <laughs> well, the thing is, is if we have plenty to talk about. We could talk. For hours. That is true. And some of it might even be worth listening to and including in a podcast. But However, we actually have a topic today. We do, and I'm not convinced there's really much to say about it. So you lead us in. What are we talking about? We are talking about one of the most classic, best-selling of all time video games appearing on perhaps the most number of platforms of any game ever released by anyone ever, Tetris. Oh, I was, I was, I was totally going to go with Barbie's Extreme. Pony riding. That's number two. Oh, okay. You're right, that is number two. (laughs) (laughs) Poop. (laughs) (laughs) That came together quite nicely, actually. There's a joke from this episode. (laughs) (laughs) 
But yes, you don't think there's a lot to talk about, because as far as you're concerned, it's a game that we all know, where blocks yep. drop from the top of the screen, you spin them around, and you slot them together. I mean, Tetris. It's Tetris. You go check out the blamations on Penny Arcade, you will see Tetris Cup. And <laughs> you don't even need to have played Tetris in 20 years to understand what's going on. That's a... Go see Tetris Cop. But I don't know what there is to say about Tetris. Well, first of all, let's explain the concept a little bit more fully than I just did. Okay. Because the name itself, Tetris, comes from Tetronomos. Instantly blank expressions, instantly you've learned something. I haven't. It comes from Tetronomos. That could just be a nonsense <laughs> word. You've tetrominoes. You know, like, dominoes. Really? Right. Oh, okay, I didn't hear it properly then. Right, basically, there's a concept called polyominoes. Right, is that like a domino with more shapes? It's specifically made out of a number of squares. A domino is made of two squares. Okay. A tetronomo is made of four squares. Oh. There's also pentominoes made of five and so, so on. A tetronomo is the kind of square that a bitch would make? Uh, incorrect, that's a rhombus. That's the kind of rectangle a bitch would draw, but carry on. Uh, so, you have any combination of four squares you could put together, make tetronomos. So you've got four in a row making the long line, possibly the most sought-after piece in Tetris. And you've got three in a row with one in the centre, the T piece, the S and the Z, which are two meeting on the side to make a diagonal. Ah, uh, it's... Fucking awful to describe, but you know what? You know the one I mean. Yeah, I know which one you mean. And then the L piece. The L piece and the box. Yeah, and the box. But no one likes loves the box. No one likes the box. I was a box fan. <laughs> Everyone likes the box. The box is simple. The box leaves no sticky outy bit to solve. <laughs> oh, and it especially doesn't leave a hole in one of your lines. Oh, god damn. So yes, in Tetris you have a a grid in front of you. How big is the grid? Um, Lots by many. How deep is your love? Well, the thing is, it's pretty uh, standardised. Although it was never intended to be, it's almost always um, 20 squares deep. Hmm. And I can't remember how many across. Yes, it's uh, 10 across by 20 deep in almost all uh, examples of Tetris. Okay. Uh, there's a couple of variations. In fact, whilst the vast majority of Tetris games are 10 by 20, probably most people are used to playing it 10 by 18, because the Game Boy yep. didn't have enough dimensions to fit the top two rows on. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably the best played version mm -hmm. amongst the generation of our listeners, I would imagine. Yep, so to be fair, I, I never had it on a Game Boy. I had a little... You know those little LCD games you can buy from, like, you know, department stores, drug stores, I suppose, in America? Oh, the Tiger yeah. games. Yeah, those, those little El Cheapo knockoff versions. Mm. I had one of those. And man, that Tetris kept me entertained for many a car journey. Uh, that would be... Would that be Tetris Junior, which was a key fob game? No, 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 it wasn't that small. It was actually right. a... Uh, it was about the size of a Game Boy, but it only played Tetris. Because I was going to say, Tetris Junior is legendary for being the smallest gaming field in Tetris at only 8 by 12. That is tiny. It makes it a little bit easier. No. But also a little bit harder. Uh. Oh, thinking outside of the box. <laughs> so, moving on. You have these Tetronomos, and they spawn randomly... Well, that means you get a different shape, randomly. Yes. Uh, one appears at the top and the middle. So, horizontally centred. Yes. And it begins to drop. And herein, again, is a variant between all the different versions. You see, you may or may not be aware that there is now a Tetris company, uh, founded by the original developer behind Tetris, mm -hmm. who hold sort of the master rule book, as it were. Because, well, we might as well get into the, the origins a little bit now. I'm sure most people already know, but Tetris is Russian. It was developed back in the Soviet Russia. Which is why the original developer didn't actually own his invention. 
when he first programmed it, Alexei Fashitnov. Uh, he programmed it whilst at the... Oh, it was an institute, I can't remember the name of it. Soviet. It was a Soviet institute, and the state owned Tetris. Oh dear. Which means that the West could exploit this horribly. And did so, with much aplomb. Yes, and we shall get into that a little bit later, because it actually prompted Soviet Russia to set up a holding company in the West to own the rights to their government-owned intellectual property, to uh, then sell it to the West uh, to make vast amounts of money off of Alexei's work. Genius. Evil genius. Absolutely. But since the fall of the USSR, mm -hmm. uh, the rights have reverted to Alexei, and he now has this sort of playbook of how an official Tetris game has to be. So we get into but, things but like... he's making it up. Hmm? But he's, well, I suppose anybody makes up the rules. Yeah, game, he invented they? his game, and he now says, okay, this is the rules that govern things such as easy spin. Because when you spin a block in Tetris, in some versions, it stops dropping for just a fraction of a second. So you could theoretically just spin, 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 and hover. Yeah. And that tends to be present in games which score you by how quickly you can clear a field rather than how many points you can get. Because slowing you down loses you points. Yeah. And it also covers the concept of soft drop and hard drop. Most people, I'm sure, will have played Tetris and will know that you can press a button to drop the Tetronimo faster than it would otherwise fall. Yeah. But in some versions, you press the button once and it drops all the way to the bottom. Instantly. Instantly. And that's a hard drop. Some it will just fall faster whilst you've dropped it. You can still orient it. You can still orient it, and you can stop it from dropping quickly. Huh. Uh, so it's actually, once you start getting into the details of the rules, surprisingly complicated. Yeah. Uh, which is why there is surprising amount to say about what, on the surface, is a very simple game. Okay. I'm already... I'm already... I just said that twice. You're already, you're already... I'm already quite impressed with how much more I now know about Tetris. Hmm, it's educational, this show. <laughs> this show was brought to you by the letter Pirate Flag. And it continues to vary wildly. Because, of course, when the shapes drop to the bottom, I'm sure everyone already knows, and I keep saying I'm sure because I can't believe any of our listeners haven't played Tetris. I would think it's not, it's not like a game like Half-Life. If you no. said, I'm sure all our listeners have played Half-Life, and some of them would go, Ah! No! This is Tetris. This is Tetris. If you haven't played Tetris, you're presumably from Guatemala and haven't yet developed your opposable thumb because you're a lizard. <laughs> if so, how are you listening to this podcast? Please get in touch. Yes, we'd like to hear from all the lizards listening. The Guatemalan lizards. Specific. We don't want to hear about any of those other lizards. Nah, screw them. <laughs> Only the Guatemalan lizards because, you know. But yes, you're trying to fill in the blocks uh, to... Cover left to right a line across the playing field. Similar in some respects to Connect 4. Yes, and when you complete a line, that line disappears and you score. Score. And here again comes a major variant. When the blocks fall to fill in that line, traditionally anything above the line that you've just completed drops by one. And no further action is taken. But in some variants of the game, they will continue to drop using gravity... So if there is a hole underneath the line you just cleared, blocks will continue to fall into those holes and you can set up combos. Huh. No, I like old school version. I like old school as well, but there are so many versions out there now that you can't predict what it's going to do. And they're all covered by this universal rulebook. When I started reverse, uh, researching this show, I started getting into the actual the details of the rules of Tetris and how that now even... Which colour each block is, is now um, held as an official rule. It's all standardised within the games themselves. It's all standardised. Uh, to be an officially licensed Tetris product now from the Tetris company, you know, the four-in-a-row block has to be cyan. Oh. Oh. Well, I always thought they were green. I always thought they were orange. Uh, they weren't green or orange in any instance of the game that I have in front of me, which mostly includes Microsoft's Tetris... Uh, Tetris on the Nintendo uh, Tetris the Soviet mind game <laughs> wow <laughs> sinister I, I know this from the, um, my entire basis for this is the artwork of the cartridge for Tetris on the Game Boy 
Yeah. The four in a row when it was orange. Oh, well, that's... That's, that's misleading, all, that's, yeah, because, that's of course, the Game Boy version was in black and white. Yeah. So the colours on the box art bear no relation to the True. actual colours used in the game. That's my only uh, basis mm. for... Yeah. Uh, orange, in fact, was one of the L pieces. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, the colours are now all standardised, but they varied wildly throughout the game's history. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, just to find out that Tetris Company exists and is holding these rights and licensing the name to anything that wants to be an official product. They're not making the games themselves. That's the clever thing. They just hold the rights to the name. Yep. So the same people who always made the games are still releasing them. They're just now paying a license fee to Alexei. And finally, he's making the money he should have made all along. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Well done, Alexei. And he also licenses the name in other places, such as to Tetris Gems, the website I was showing you before we recorded, which is Official Tetris Jewelry. I think our users can explore that on their own time. Yeah, And but they do, yes. That's how big a name Tetris is worldwide. Hmm. It's been available on, what, every handheld that's ever existed, let's be fair. Oh, yeah. In some form or other. Mobile phones, pretty much all of them. Uh, it exists as an Easter egg in um, Emacs, I think it is, which is a Unix uh, word processing software. Uh, it's even available on certain models of oscilloscope. Oscilloscope? Oscilloscope. Like, that's astounding. <laughs> uh, I've seen it on a graphing calculator. Yeah, no surprise there. Yeah, uh, palm tops, obviously. It's, you know, there's a Windows version, a Mac version, a Linux version. There's just... Is there an app for that? There is an app for that. An officially licensed app for that. And several non-licensed apps for that. Wow. Because what a rebel you must feel if you, if you bootleg... Tetris product. Well, even now, even now that the rights have reverted to Alexei, it's an interesting thing that you can't copyright an idea. Mm -hmm. So a falling block Tetronimo game is perfectly legal. You don't have to pay any licensing fee to make one. Right. If you call it Tetris, then you're bordering on copyright infringement. Ex-Soviet dogs will be after you. And that's basically what the company does. They try and get people to pay for the license... And they usually either pay up or change the name. Yeah, uh, what you're saying is we can't make Pyrotetris. Well, it gets complicated because I think Triss, just Triss, was right. a game that fell into a very grey area and I think is trying to fight it legally as to whether it is breaching copyright of the name Tetris or not. Huh. Yeah, I think they're just, they're just trying to be dicks about it with a name like <laughs> Triss. Yeah. But, of course, you also see Tetronomos popping up in geek culture and things like uh, Tetronomo-shaped shelving units, I've seen. Really? Yep. It's kind of cool. So you get independent shelves on the wall forming a Tetris grid. And most people I know who've put them up will always leave a gap. Yeah. So that the shelves don't disappear. (laughs) Wow, that's that's so anal. I've seen Tetronomo cookie cutters, uh, Tetronomo... Pillows and cushions, um, serving dishes. So the Tetris shapes are now emblazoned in geek culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And available to suit all sorts of purposes. Which is how such a tiny little game inspired the world. There's even a uh, psychological condition named after Tetris. The Tetris effect. Which I'm pretty sure all of us around this table, and most of us listening will be familiar with. I think, yeah, I think I may have read about this. Mm. In the weird science book. The Tetris effect specifically, as applies to Tetris, Mm -hmm. is where after a long session of playing Tetris, or many years playing Tetris on and off, you start to see Tetronimo shapes in the world around you and mentally think about how you could fit them together. (laughs) I often joke I use Tetris to load my car. For example, Who doesn't I genuinely do. That's the Tetris effect. <laughs> yeah, but it has been broadened to acknowledge, uh, and this is where I think we all know what's going on: the feeling that the wall in front of you is moving vertically after playing Rock Band or yeah. Guitar Hero yeah. for hours, or the fact that the world around you seems to be bobbing from side to side after a hefty quake marathon. Okay, so it's any sort of false vision effect brought yeah. on by video gaming. Basically, mild. Uh, visual and perceptual hallucinations caused by repeated stimulus from video games. 
Cool. Awesome. Is the Tetris effect. The kids play video games. It's a legal high. <laughs> um, high? Well, no. Not high, but certainly a um, neurological effect. I can give you a neurological effect by throwing a glass at you. Oh, That's you- true. Yeah, actually, thinking about it, you know, psychological effects of Tetris. For massively OCD people like me, Tetris is a perfect game. Mm. Because put things away. Stack things. Neat, <laughs> neat little piles. Get them put away. Can't have any gaps left. You've oh, got God, to yeah. use the space perfectly efficiently. Oh, God, yeah. And if, if, there is, if you get, like, a, a, a T piece mm. to finish off two lines at once, and then you've got just that one block from the T piece left yeah. right at the bottom of the screen, and you've got to do the whole goddamn process. Oh, my <laughs> God, I hated T pieces. It's worth mentioning that there are a couple of wrinkles of gameplay that we didn't cover when we were talking about how it's played. Uh, largely, the game is over, obviously, when the stack of pieces reaches the top of the screen. And you've got no place to put them. Yep. Uh, and also, you score for clearing a line, and every ten lines you go up a level and the game gets faster. Which is a total bitch. Oh yeah. That's typically true anyway. There, are, there were three modes in the Game Boy version. There's Sprint and Marathon, and I can't remember what the third version was. So many variants, but... What people generally think of as Tetris is every ten lines, it gets faster, gets harder, but it's every ten lines you level up. And I think it's ten levels for the classic game if you want to beat it. And the final wrinkle, of course, is scoring a Tetris, which is slotting a four um, line, a line piece into a gap vertically that is four deep and clearing four lines simultaneously. That is a Tetris. That is scoring a Tetris. So that's kind of like Yahtzee. Yeah. You know, one, two, three, four, five, six. It's the best scoring maneuver you can pull off in the game. Yeah. Takes some fluky shit to do it, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, it takes patience. That's all it takes is you leave that line, you leave it alone, you leave it the fuck alone, and sometimes I'll have it built up nine, ten deep. And then just, where's that straight piece? Where's that straight piece? <laughs> and then it comes, from instant Tetris. It's a risky gambit, because it means the playing field builds up really fucking quickly. Yeah. Because you're not clearing any little lines along the way. So your, your space is very rapidly running out. Mm-hmm. But when you score the Tetri, a damn is it satisfying. Yeah. It can also be slightly dangerous in that you can sort of level up within a couple of Tetris manoeuvres. Yeah. And then suddenly it's all getting a bit faster. Uh, You're still prepared for that shit. Yes, we touched on earlier that Tetris has quite an interesting political history. I mean, did you guys know about Elorg, which I believe is the company Russia set up? No. No. No, I did not. Because, basically, Tetris was invented in 1984. Hooray! On an Electronica 60. Which is a Soviet computer. It's a Soviet copy of DEC machine. Uh, and it was the Soviet Academy of Sciences. There we go. The computer center thereof in Moscow. He was part of the SAS? Well, <laughs> uh, no, because in Soviet Russia, Soviet didn't start with an S. That's true, yes. <laughs> the P... No, the C... Oh, I can't even be bothered to... The C something C. Anyway, he created it, and it was then ported across to IBM Mm -hmm. and compatible computers by a man named Vadim Garasimov, who has a website that he maintains from which you can still download the original IBM PC conversion of the original Tetris. It's still there. Wow. And Vadim instantly works at Google these days. Yeah. So they've gone very capitalist, have (laughs) Alexei and Vadim. And why not? And why not? That's one of the advantages of the fall. Eventually the rubber band's just got to snap back, hasn't it? (laughs) Yes. And um, Gerasimov, or however you pronounce it, he he reckons that the name Tetris comes from a combination of Tetramino and Tennis, which I don't see myself... No, I think he had one too many vodkas in him. (laughs) Tennis? Where the hell does that come into it? Yeah, I I don't know. 
Anyway, <laughs> it's a long on. playing yeah. field, and block balls are coming towards you. Yes. And you don't want block balls on your court? No, sir. I, I don't. You're right. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I, I will feel very bad when Roger Federer has to knock back, you know, the long ball piece. It's worth noting piece. that Alexei Pahitnov never said that he named it after tennis. It was the guy who ported it to the IBM who said that. Uh. So take it with a pinch of salt. Anyway, once it was on the IBM, it... Exploded. Yes, all over, initially all around um, Soviet Russia. And then it found its way to Budapest. Hmm. It was actually where it sort of leaked out. Hmm. And it was discovered there by a British company name of Andromeda. Ho ho, those suave Brits. Mm. Yes. Now I believe, and I could be wrong, that Andromeda was part of Mirrorsoft. As in Maxwell's Mirror Group, PLC, the Daily Mirror. No. Yes. No. What the hell? The world doesn't even make sense anymore. The Mirror Group have a huge part to play in Tetris's history. Wow. Uh, because they immediately went after Alexei uh, to try and get the rights to distribute the yeah. PC version commercially in the West. Which was a problem, because Alexei didn't have the rights. It was Soviet It was Soviet. Technology. And the rights had already <laughs> gone to Spectrum Holobyte, makers of Spectrum computers. Ah, oh, they also made a great <laughs> uh, next-generation game. Spectrum Holobyte, uh, Final Unity, if anybody's feeling particularly masochistic and wants to try and find that these days. Uh, is that the TNG game? Yep. I remember it. It was it was a proper point well point and click Star Trek adventure, and it had a great story. Oh uh, yes, three D space yes. combat and everything. Yep, and it actually put in a very good expanded universe explanation of the whole warp tearing problem. Yes. Oh god, I remember this. My favorite thing about that game was being able to during combat just turn off life support. <laughs> It's not essential. For like 30 minutes, you could survive without life support. So just turn it off, throw that power into the phaser banks. I suppose that makes a kind of sense. So, you know, Spectrum Polybite, they've got a, they've got a history, a pedigree. Troy, they really do. I am never getting on a spaceship with you. Hey, man. Ever. 30 minutes, and then I'll turn it back on, because we're either <laughs> dead, or we're dead. We've either won the battle, and I'll turn it on, or we're dead. <laughs> I, I you can't not, hold the logic. I'm not entirely comfortable with the idea of you being in control of the life support of a starship. I would turn it off when I really needed the power, and then I would turn it back on. Because we would either have won the battle with my quick thinking and initiative, or we'd die by losing the battle. I'm with Troy on this one. He's He's... The terrifying thing is, yeah, he's making some sort of, like, rational, logical sense. Especially on a ship as large as a galaxy class. I mean, the amount of atmosphere stored in the hull. Yeah, exactly. You just vent the families You're good space. for days. Anyway, so that's not really relevant to Tetris. Well, apart from biospectral holobite. <laughs> uh, where was I? Oh, yes. Andromeda. Uh, having failed to secure a deal with Alexei, because it's not possible, they continued and tried to secure a deal with the Hungarians. Who also own didn't own the rights. But that doesn't mean they were above selling the rights. Oh, Hungary. Uh, Indeed. Mid-80s, Eastern Europe, good times. Meanwhile, uh, Spectrum Holobyte released it. It came out. Uh, that was in 86. And, believe it or not, very popular. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, instantly addictive, big... Global success, well, I say global, American success, uh, and kind of a little iffy, licensing-wise. Yeah. Because this was before Elog was set up, so they kind of had a deal with someone at the Science Centre, Andromeda believed they had a deal as well. Then along came the Amiga and the Atari, Two home computers of the time. Oh, guys. Both of which, of course, needed a version of Tetris, because it's the biggest game in the world at the moment. 
So, Spectrum Holobyte again, when we want to do a version. I think they did the Amiga. And uh, Mirasoft Andromeda uh, did the other one. So whichever one, one did the other, did the other. So finally, they're not in competition. Yeah. And Mirasoft are releasing Tetris with a license obtained... In a shady Dubiously. back alley in Budapest. Yes. For you, my friend, I a special price. <laughs> Uh, oh dear. Mirosoft's version was very dull, but this is when the Russianness of Tetris was first played up in the West for gain, I suppose, with Spectrum Holobyte really amping up the Russian with lots of um, uh, red square pictures in the background and oh, stuff yeah, yeah. like that, which we're probably used to seeing in Tetris now. Oh, yeah. And, of course, it didn't stop there. Spectrum also released a version for the Apple II. Uh, it, a DOS version. Whoa! Serious computing power. So oh, yeah. it was taking off. Yeah. Which is why, a couple of years later, in 1988, the Soviet government uh, formed a company whose original name I will not try and pronounce, but were nicknamed ooh, ooh, Elorg. Can I? Can I? Uh, okay. This is the year of my birth. Electronic Technica is Jack's rendition. It may be right, it may not, I don't know. Anyway, that's where um, the government secured the rights and started trying to sell them. And they saw, uh, they saw that Mirosoft hadn't given them a penny. And that Mirosoft were licensing to other developers the license. Their technology. Their technology. So we bought it off some shady bloke who didn't actually own Into it. Into the microphone, Jack. Sorry. So we bought it off some shady bloke who didn't actually own it. Yes. And then we sold it. Well, you say we, I, I like mean, to say they, meaning Maxwell. Yes, but yes. I mean like Britain. Yeah. yeah. And then importantly, the Soviet government came after us. <laughs> uh. Now, you definitely can't say us. That's right. Because the New Zealand gaming companies never got involved in Tetris as far as I know. No. But it got even more complicated after that point. Oh, hooray. Because that's only the home computers dealt with. Oh, God. Then along came a company called Nintendo. <laughs> Those dicks. <laughs> Actually, no, it wasn't Nintendo, first of all. Um, Elorg settled all the licensing mess and said, OK, that's the personal computer side sorted out. No one's actually got the license for an arcade version. And Atari jumped on it. Atari had it before Nintendo did. Yeah. Uh, and at the same time, they licensed uh, console and handheld rights to Nintendo. So they started developing for non-computer platforms. Mm -hmm. And it was going very well up until Atari decided that their arcade license meant that they could release it on consoles, not being aware of the deal Nintendo had done. And they released it uh, for the NES. Wait. Wait. Hang on. Because part of me says, hang on, if you're making a game for the NES, that means you need certain, you need the equipment, you need to talk to Nintendo and go, hey guys, we're making this game, can we, can we license... What? How does that... <laughs> what? I'm in pain. Well, Atari had the rights to develop for Nintendo anyway, so they had the software and the hardware that they needed to release things on the NES. Right. So they just... It was another game they made. And they went, Hey, Nintendo, you know, we're cool, because we got this, and, and we really like you. So. Yep. So here we go, here's this game. And that's where the name Tetris the Soviet Mind Game comes in, because they respelt it so that the R was actually the uh, Cyrillic Yar character, which is the backwards R. Yeah. So it wasn't the same name. No copyright infringement, because you can't copyright an idea. Oh, the sly dickens. Uh, Nintendo kind of said, we have console rights, don't you think this is a bit fuck you? And very quickly, the courts ruled in Nintendo's favour, Atari's Tetris, the Soviet mind game, was recalled, with very few units actually sold. To be fair, it does. it, it, it is in a little bit of poor taste, because... I mean, 88, we're, we're nearing the collapse of the Soviet yeah. Empire, but still, 
Soviet mind game does <laughs> harken back to the paranoia of the 50s and 60s. It really does. And actually, it's worth saying that if you can find a version of Tetris, the Soviet mind game, it's quite valuable. Because a few were sold yeah. uh, before it was recalled, and not many survive. Yeah. I mean, it's not solid gold valuable, but it's, it's a nice collector's piece. I'd like to hang on to it rather than sell it on. Mm, I think I would too. Before the KGB agent, you know, with nothing better to do since the fall of the, the Empire comes <laughs> crashing through my window and empire? kills me. The Soviet Empire? Anyway. Anywho. I've got a NES. I would keep it and play it. I have a NES. And I'm in serious need of games. I have an emulator. All I've got is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Why do you even have that? Because it's really good. No. It's really good. This is completely besides the point. It's not. You play rubbish <laughs> games. Anyway, one of the significant things that came of this era of Tetris is arguably the most famous version of Tetris. The Game Boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 33 million copies. Wow. It's a fair few. But then again, it was, it was not the game that came packaged with the Game Boy. But it was the game everybody wanted. It was the game everyone had. Yeah. I don't know anyone who had a Game Boy and didn't have Tetris. It's interesting, sorry. It's interesting you mentioned that it wasn't the one that came packaged with it. Because mm. I had a Game Boy, I had Tetris, I had no other games. <laughs> well, okay, maybe as today there were different packages. Yeah. That's entirely possible. Oh. Entirely possible. There was also uh, a brief-lived Sega version for the Mega Drive. But they didn't actually have any rights whatsoever, so that one was recalled pretty much before it got sold to anyone. Wow, that was that was really cheeky. That was, <laughs> yeah. That was really just out there. So, well, everyone else has tried to nick this, let's give it a go. More or less. We? And that was the origin of Columns, which Sega devotees, I'm looking at you, Troy, might I be familiar with. I remember Columns. I had it on the Mega Drive. Part of a six-game pack I had. Columns <laughs> was good. I remember Columns, because I remember thinking, ah, oh, Tetris, here we go. Yeah, more or less. And that was the start of people doing... Well, it was the birth of casual games, as we know them now, up to and including, like, Bejeweled and Peggle and all the PopCap games. I think so. Because it was the birth of not just Columns, but also Puyo Pop and Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, Dr. Mario. Oh, God, don't let Dr. Mario touch you. He's He's not not a proper doctor. doctor. He's not a real doctor, no. And all these sorts of games, which were like, we have to have a Tetris. We can't do Tetris, but we have to have a A Tetris. Tetris. And that's where casual gaming comes from, I think. The fact that Tetris is one of the best-selling games of all time. Or the, the possibly. Because everybody knows its function, everybody plays... Yeah, Yeah, actually. Hmm. Even my grandmother has a copy of Tetris. (laughs) Which is saying something, because, you know, she... Doesn't Doesn't have a house... Yeah, she doesn't own a pair of spectacles because they are witchcraft. <laughs> so that means... <laughs> she's not listening. It's fine. <laughs> Unless she's tuning in on her coconut radio. <laughs> you paint such a such a lovely picture of your homeland. You really do. My homeland's amazing. Coconut radios and... Monkey butlers. <laughs> Monkey butlers? I was going to say all the beer you can drink. I but think as yes. I foolishly proved yesterday, all the beer I can drink is a lot of beer. No. I think that's pretty much, though, the end of the complicated history of Tetris. From there on, it gets pretty simple. Elog exists, it licenses it to the right companies. Everyone understands this game now is actually licensed, and to release an, unli- well, to release an unlicensed version is going to get you into legal trouble. It so, is death. From then on, it's just everyone makes Tetris for their platform. There's an iPod Tetris, a mobile phone Tetris on every mobile phone that exists. I have a burning question. Okay. Is Tetris available on Steam? <laughs> Do you know what? Let's find Let's out. Find out. <laughs> you know what? We need to end this on the Soviet National Anthem. Which one? The Soviet National Anthem. No. No? Tetris is not available on Steam. Oh my god. But it is available all over the internet. Okay. (laughs) We can't can't publish this episode. Yes, we can. Steam, guys, we're sorry. 
<laughs> oh, other games out. we'd like to mention, in case they turn out cheap, uh, Batman Arkham Asylum. Oh, World, yes. World War Stage Run, we love that game. Let's. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I know what you're doing now, and yep. yes, it's worth mentioning. But <laughs> when we released our Deus Ex episode, Steam, on the same day, reduced the price of Deus Ex. So thank you very much, Steam. I'd also like to point out, in just a kind of a weird move, they, re- they reduced the cost of Deus Ex to a pound fifty. Yep. No, it was, it was to, to three pounds. Yes. They reduced the cost of Deus Ex 2 to three pounds. So you could buy one of those for three pounds each. Or you could buy both of them together for £7.50. Yes. Yes, but the pack obviously hadn't been altered following the cost change of the other two. So in a couple of days' time, the pack would be the cheapest way of buying In a couple of days' time, the, the, the offer was over. It was a one-day thing. Yes, but the pack itself would remain. After the special was completed, the buy-them-together cheap pack would Went remain. Went to its original price. But regardless, God damn it, I hate you. we want to send a message to Steam that, you know, Batman Arkham Asylum, that's a really good game, uh, which I already own. No, s- screw that. Grid 2 is coming out very soon. So Grid, you know, for, for PC players who haven't played Grid, yep. uh, Race oh, Car yep. Driver, yep. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's a great game. Steam. It is. Yeah. Hey, Steam, do everything you can. I mean, I, mean, I know it's not, like, within your power or anything, but do everything <laughs> you can to get Heavy Rain on the PC, <laughs> and then, you know... Put it on Steam. Because it's not like Sony doesn't deserve a giant bite taken out of their ass. Oh, yeah. That diversion aside, yeah, history continues unabated for Tetris. It gets released on every platform in the world. It gets knocked off and copied all over the world. Oh, yes. Uh, Sextris exists, for example. Whoa, 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 what? Oh, you, you don't know this? I am completely blissfully unaware of Sextrus. Right, Sextrus is a game where... Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of Tetronomos, what falls from the top of the screen are men and women in various positions, such as standing straight up, that's the four in a row, Yeah. or on all fours, or bending over, and as they drop, or in a seated position to make the sort of S-shaped pieces. And as they fall, you slot them together, and then when they slot together, they sort of moan and disappear. That's the worst idea anyone's ever had, ever in the long history of bad ideas. It's certainly down there with the worst of them. Yeah. I thought you were going to say it's certainly down there with the Wurzels. <laughs> the Wurzels were a brilliant idea. Really? No. Okay. Fantastic. But yes, this continues up until about 1996, which is when uh, the copyright reverted to Alexei and he set up the Tetris Company, who now hold the worldwide copyright registrations. And life was good. For him, certainly. Uh, For the makers of knockoff Tetris, not so good. Because he set bears on them. Because Tetris became big business. Big Soviet business. Big former <laughs> Soviet business. For the rest of the episode, we should be sitting around talking like this. No, we shouldn't. Okay. I'm thinking not. Men in suits would rappel through the ceiling and MP5 us into fucking chowder. Hot. Yes, until we cooled. Yes. Then we'd be cold chowder. Mm, chowder. <laughs> Say it again. Chowder. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Simpson fags. <laughs> so, we could talk at greater length. I, I mean, I could go on about the computational complexity of Tetris, whether it's NP-complete or not, and whether there is mathematically any possibility of indefinite gameplay when given a random seeded generator. Is there? No. Oh. There uh, you go. <laughs> I could talk about how there are various games that uh, wait the S and Z pieces so that you get them more frequently because they are the hardest pieces to deal with in a game of Tetris to make it more difficult. Are there various games with wait the S and Z pieces to make it more frequent? There are. There we go. So Simon, the question I can put to you now is how does it feel to be a Tetris anorak? <laughs> it feels good. <laughs> it feels damn good. Uh, for, for our listeners over in the United States, uh, an anorak is an item of clothing, a, <laughs> an outerwear, a, a cagoule. Yes, uh, which is traditionally worn by those with remarkably unfashionable hobbies, such as train spotting and Warhammer. Hello. 
Hello. Warhammer players don't wear Adoraks. I say that based on the fact that there are three of them around this table and 0% of us yeah, but wear those Adoraks. Those are the ah, ones yes. you can see. But as a, colloquial, <laughs> as a colloquialism, <laughs> Adorak remains. Yes. Although I think neckbeards is more common in the Warhammer world. Ah, oh, that's true. But we're not, we're not like inconsiderate wankers. We're not neckbeards. Yes, we are. You're an inconsiderate wanker. Go back and wanker. listen to any one of our episodes. We are inconsiderate wankers. I don't know. We're obnoxious. Oh. We're very yeah. considerate. We know what we're doing to people. We just do it anyway. <laughs> He's right. Yes. Yeah, all right. I like being right. So, do you think that maybe <laughs> there was quite a lot to talk about? There really was. I'm Considering surprised. I could keep going, I won't. For the sake of your sanity. I'm genuinely, I am surprised, I am also a little bit pleased that, you know, I now know a lot more about Tetris. Mm. And don't you feel richer for the experience? No, I've still got a pound forty in my pocket. That's enough to buy a <laughs> bottle of Coke. It is. Or possibly a cartridge of Tetris. Or I could obtain it through entirely legal means. Yep. I think Dan Carlin, who hosts a podcast uh, called Common Sense, which is political and also a history podcast, recently said, because he's a history buff, mm-hmm. anything uh, that you're interested in will have a history. Everyone should be into history. Yeah. So for video gaming, it's, it's something like Tetris, where you can actually get into the history of your, uh, your pastime. Because mm. there is a lot more than what I've gone into to read about. I, you know, with US customs doing huge seizures of copies of Tetris coming over the border and all sorts of stuff. Imagine being there the day you just see a guy get lifted with a million copies of Tetris in yeah, his bag. There's there's this you know, this greasy guy who's got like four pounds of cocaine crammed up his ass. There's the guy smuggling lizard eggs. There's the guy in the glasses and the pocket protector who just wanted to get some Tetris into the country. Some <laughs> some grade A computing <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck smuggles Tetris? <laughs> a desperate, desperate man, that's who. Tetris is serious business. <laughs> Can we have the... I want that on... Hooray, <laughs> we broke Troy again. Right, if, there, if anyone out there feels like, you know, getting back oh. to, to us, your, your audio gods, draw us a, a, a Tetris... Coyote, a, a Tetris smuggler. No one drew Steam Tan, so... Oh, but now we're demanding of them. Oh, we're demanding? Yeah. That's what we're doing. We only, we only mentioned it as a suggestion last time. I suggest no, we demand no. it now. We, we mentioned it last time, and people kind of politely ignored us, like that guy at the restaurant you notice and hope he, that he doesn't see you. No, that's me. Now you're, yeah, now you're outright demanding. What people are going to do is go, no, piss off. Oh. <laughs> Please, I'm very ill. It'll make me feel better. He is extremely ill. Of course, by the time this episode goes live, he should be either dead or better. I don't know, this cold hasn't shifted for about a month. That's because you don't eat enough. You subsist on air and dust. And And curry. (laughs) Yeah, you ate some of that, but it wasn't enough. You need to eat more. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us... For this dive version that really all came about because of our wonderful new theme music. Thank Isn't you, it Power Glove. Lovely. Isn't it? Oh, it's dreamy. And I like it too. In conclusion, having discussed Tetris at length, I'd just like to say Heavy Rain is fucking awesome. Yes. I watched some Heavy Rain. And what did you think of it? It was like watching a movie. With a scary guy in it. <laughs> I'm Detective Norman Jaden. And what the hell is wrong with... How did he cut himself? What is my, that on his face? Come into my office. <laughs> I've got the best, like, Detroit, Brooklyn, Boston accent ever. Wow, you don't know American accents at all, do no, you? No, neither does the voice actor playing Norman Jaden. <laughs> okay, like you got a point. I'd like to point out the four across long Tetris block. Is the origami killer. Four down, killer. you mean. Four down. Is the origami killer. The origami killer. Origami killer. So for anyone who has a PS3 and doesn't have heavy rain... What the fuck are you doing? Why do you have a PS3? It's the only reason to, <laughs> it's the only reason to own that shit machine. <laughs> no, Little Big Planet. Little the, Big Planet is also It's the excellent. only reason to own that shit machine. Gran Turismo no. 5 with the reasonably priced car and the Top Gear test yet? track. No. 
Right, so at but the moment, coming. at the moment, it is the only reason no, to own No, it's not, because Little Big Planet has Stephen Fry talking to you very kindly for a while. Yes. All right, I could just go and watch a TV show with Stephen Fry in it. Oh, no, because he won't speak I don't need to you buy very a kindly. He won't encourage you in the same way that he will in Little Big Planet. Yeah, it's but, a much more personal experience with Little Big Planet. Yeah, but if I watch TV, I don't have to play Little Big Planet. So I find that I win out in the situation, really. Imagine but that's only because you have no taste. Well, not really. It's that Little Big Planet's not really that good. It's great. It's really not. No, you're wrong. No, it's it's. Do you notice really the number of times that, that Jack disagrees with us, but we're both fantastic? <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just putting that out to our listeners as, as a measure of quality on the show. If Jack doesn't like something, give it a try. Well, Jack exists on this show mostly uh, to represent the counter argument. What am I doing here? You're all here to, to back me prick. up and prove oh, that yeah, I'm right. Prick. No, 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 no. Jack's right. I'm here to be the dissenting, the just the noise. Oh yeah, and rage. <laughs> well, Nothing got me angry about Tetris. Well, that's because I sort of prepped you for the Dr. Robotnik mention. Oh, stupid. My name is Dr. Eggman. No, no, no. Oh, stupid game. So thank you for joining What's us. What's game? Dr. Robotnik's fucking mean beef. The only time that has ever <laughs> been a good game is when Penny Arcade references it when Gabe gets kicked in the nuts. Oh, right in the mean bean machine. <laughs> that's the only time that's been a good game. And you won't play it at the time. You just had to be aware of it. God, it's just... It wasn't even proper Tetris. It wasn't proper Tetris. No. It was it, more like Puyo Pop. It was... Whatever game you just called it, it was more like that than... Ah! You only had two bobbly things next to one another. He just wiggled around. Yeah, Puyo Pop. Oh, yeah. Puyo Pop can kiss my ass. It's it's like the slightly it's it's the sort of weird cross between cousin. Tetris and uh, Bubble Ball. It's the t- it's the cousin with or six Bustle toes. You leave cousin like Meris out of this. No, because Robotics Me Me Machine, which is just really fun to say really fast. Robotics Me 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 Me. If you if you can say it really fast, which apparently you can't. <laughs> Is he quite alright? <laughs> no. Which is wonderful. <laughs> Troy. <laughs> Troy, Moira exists. Oh, God. I'm the toaster that will fucking fry that cow. If I was a household appliance, I'd be a deadly Moira murdering toaster. What <laughs> <laughs> is your job? Eat hands! Save Megaton! <laughs> <laughs> and on that bombshell. <laughs> ah. So there you go, gentle listeners. You've heard what it sounds like when the cast of World 1 Stage 1 lose their shit. I have been Simon. Yes, um, I have been Jack, and please, please mourn for me, because by the time this has come out, I will have, like, sneezed myself <laughs> into an early grave. Leave sympathy messages on the forum. And I have been Troy, and will continue to be once we're <laughs> finished here. God, you inconsiderate bummer. <laughs> <laughs> that was World 1 Stage 1. Visit our website at world1stage1.com. Join our forum, send us an email, or follow us on Twitter at W1S1. And, of course, our thanks go to Power Glove for our theme tune.